Welcome to Damn Good Movie Memories with your host, Ryan Davis. This podcast is the cure for your long commute and super boring work day. He catch that fish yet? Hmm? Both. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he did. It's a happy ending. Not exactly. The old man met his greatest adversary just when he thought that part of his life was over. Why didn't he just let the fish go? Old man's got to be the old man, fish has got to be the fish. Got to be who you are in this world, right? No matter what. Yo, Pops, bet you didn't have to push no dollies at your old job, did you? Guilty as charged. Can you do a refund for me when you're done? Open the register up right now. Move. Give me that ring. No, it was my mother. Please. It's okay, Jenny. What's she doing about? It is about a guy who's a knight in shining armor, except he lives in a world where knights don't exist anymore. My ring. I think you can be anything you want to be. Change your world. I promised I would never go back to being that person. But when somebody does something unspeakable, there's someone you hardly knew. You do something about it, because you can. I mean about a girl. <laughs> 16 seconds. A man with his skill. I want to know who he really is. He won't stop until he kills you and anyone you care about. This goes all the way to the top. Not enough? Because I can keep going. Brick by brick, body by body. What do you see when you look at me? What do you see when you look at me? It's too late to start over. Hey there, it's Brian Davis, and for this week's episode, we're going to cover the movie The Equalizer from 2014. The studio was Sony Pictures, release date was September 26, 2014. The running time, 132 minutes, and was rated R. The budget, $60 million. Box office took in $101 million. That was domestic gross. And it made it the 31st ranked movie of 2014. It also raked in another $90 million internationally. Rotten Tomatoes gives it 60% fresh from 203 reviews. They write, The Equalizer is more stylishly violent than meaningful. But with Antoine Fuqua behind the cameras and Denzel Washington dispensing justice, it delivers. Now, I missed out on the original TV show the film was adapted from when it aired in the mid-1980s. For the film, I didn't actually see it in the theater, but I was eager to see it once it came to home video, or DVD, or streaming, and I absolutely loved it. And actually, it's too bad I didn't see it in the theater since it's a type of action that would have been fun to see on the big screen. But regardless, Denzel Washington never lets me down, and The Equalizer is another awesome film on his resume. 
Okay, let's get into the main cast. Of course, Denzel Washington plays Robert McCall. Amazingly, I believe this is the first film I've covered for Denzel. And look, he's one of the top actors of all time. He's one of those handful of actors who still are considered superstars, and they still have major box office appeal. He really harkens back to the actors of yesteryear, where I'll pretty much see anything he's in simply because he's in the film. So Denzel's career began in the late 1970s, but his big break came on the TV series San Elsewhere, where he played Dr. Philip Chandler. As for his filmography, let's cover some of his well-known films up to The Equalizer. His big break was Glory in 1989, which is a fabulous Civil War drama. Then came the biopic for Malcolm X in 1992. He had The Pelican Brief with Julia Roberts, Philadelphia with Tom Hanks, Crimson Tide with Gene Hackman, The Hurricane, Remember the Titans, Training Day, the remake of The Manchurian Candidate, American Gangster, the remake of The Taking of Pelham 123, and Unstoppable. Now, the rest of the cast of The Equalizer is terrific. You have Martin Kosick's, Chloe Grace Moretz, who you might know from the film's Kick-Ass, David Harbour, who would go on to greater things with Stranger Things, Bill Pullman, and Melissa Leo. The director, Antoine Fuqua. Now, his career began in the early 1990s directing music videos, mostly R&B artists like Brian McKnight and Tony Braxton, Usher, and many others. His feature film debut was The Replacements Killer with Chow Yun-Fat and Mira Sorvino in 1998. Next was an action comedy starring Jamie Foxx called Bait. But his breakout came in 2001, of course, with Denzel Washington and Ethan Hawke and the terrific and very gritty Training Day. Other films Fuqua directed prior to The Equalizer, Tears of the Sun with Bruce Willis, King Arthur with Clive Owen and Kira Knightley, Brooklyn's Finest with Richard Gere, Don Cheadle, and Ethan Hawke, and Olympus Has Fallen with Gerard Butler, Morgan Freeman, and Aaron Eckhart. Okay, let's get into the making of the film. So, The Equalizer was first, of course, a CBS TV series that aired four seasons from 1985 to 89, and that starred Edward Woodward. Now, I've yet to watch the current reboot, which is starring Queen Latifah, but let's ask Sonny Pooney about that later in this episode. And the title comes from the main character evening the playing fields for those that need help and often had no chance to help themselves. Now, originally, Russell Crowe wanted to star and create the film adaptation of The Equalizer. This obviously did not come to fruition, and Sony went with Denzel Washington. Screenwriter Richard Wank initially wasn't interested in a film adaptation because he viewed the project as a TV show. But when he found out that Denzel Washington was going to be the lead, well, he jumped at the opportunity. Denzel asked one question when the producer told him they wanted to build a franchise for him. He simply said, why? (laughs) And they responded, what if superheroes were real? And Denzel started to grin, and he understood what the film would be about. The human being nature of this superhero is what drew him to the role, and the complexity of the character is what makes Robert McCall great, but Denzel takes it to the next level. The great part about the film is that the filmmakers don't spell out everything about the main character's past. I think too often, filmmakers don't give the audience enough credit, and they overdo it with backstory. Sometimes, a little ambiguity is a good thing. It allows the audience to grow and move with the film. Now, the script originally had no backstory about Robert, so Denzel Washington contributed much to the character's background and backstory, including Robert McCall having obsessive-compulsive disorder, or OCD. In addition to his daily physical and fight training before filming, Washington met and interviewed several real-life OCD sufferers in order to gain insights about how to play that disorder correctly. Now, what other actors love about working with Denzel 
is that he is giving to other actors. What this means is that he works with his co-actors to figure out each scene. Sometimes big-named actors don't do this because they've gone beyond that point. But Denzel doesn't do that. He's never lost his love of the craft, and that's why no matter what film he's in, he's always top-notch. It's like an athlete who prepares for each game like it's a championship game. Of course, the producers were thrilled to get Antoine Fuqua on the film. Denzel was the one who recommended Fuqua after their terrific collaboration on the film Training Day from 2001. Fuqua loved the script and really liked how it allowed a director to go a bit deeper with each character. And it was Fuqua who brought in real Navy SEALs and special ops guys who gave insight about hand-to-hand combat. And Fuqua could really use this information and his own vision to really create some top-notch action scenes. For example, like how Robert McCall assesses a violent situation in his mind in mere seconds. But Fuqua slowed things down to show the camera getting inside the mind and the eyes of McCall. The interesting thing about a person with special skills of the violent nature, when things get escalated, everything slows down for them and gets more into focus. Whereas everyday people, when something violent happens, the adrenaline speeds up and your mind races. This is what separates the trained killers and combat fighters from simply regular people. Denzel wanted straightforward, almost street fighting combat, not martial arts necessarily, and he was eager to get back into fight action scenes. He also wanted to do his own stunts and worked with stunt coordinator who was an ex-Navy SEAL. The fight scenes are fast, but still slow enough for people to have a personal connection with Denzel. Also, the character of Robert McCall, he can use elements of his environment as his weapons. He never carries an actual weapon with him. As for Chloe Grace Moretz, who was 17 at the time, she went to the Children of the Night organization, which helps underage prostitutes get out of sex slavery that they were forced into. Moretz spoke with now these adult women who gave insight into what they went through, and this helped her better understand what the character of Alina was going through. Funny enough, one of the women that Moretz spoke with said that Moretz was too skinny to play a prostitute and that she couldn't keep a guy being that skinny. Moretz then decided to put on some weight for the role. Now, the original character of Alina was written for someone that was 24 years old. However, Fuqua was so impressed with Moretz, he then changed the age of the character. Okay, let's get into the film. So, it begins with a quote from Mark Twain, which says, The two most important days in your life are the day you were born and the day you find out why. We are then taken to Boston and the apartment of Robert McCall. Of course, that's Denzel Washington. He goes through his morning routine, which is meticulous, before heading to work. Robert works at a hardware store, similar to Lowe's or Home Depot. He's a strong, somewhat silent type, but he looks out for those that need it, like Ralphie, played by Johnny Scortis. Ralphie is trying to lose weight in order to be a security guard. Robert offers advice and support about the diet Ralphie should maintain to pass his test. Robert lives a quiet, simple life, full of precise routines, and is a voracious reader of books. One night, he can't sleep, and he goes to an all-night diner. And sitting across from Robert in his booth at the bar is a young woman named Alina. That's Chloe Grace Moretz. The two know each other casually from their dinner run-ins, and they make small talk about the book Robert's reading, which is The Old Man and the Sea. He also talks to Alina how she needs to stop using refined sugar because it will hurt her vocal cords, as she's an aspiring singer. Though it's not mentioned yet, we can assume Alina is a prostitute. As calm as Robert is, he has a hard time sleeping, and the diner is his refuge. And again, Alina appears. Hey, Jake. What a fucking night. Yeah, it's tough out there, honey. Here's 
Here you go, kid. You ever catch it? Hmm? Fish. Oh, yeah. Yes, yeah, you did. It's a happy ending. Well, not exactly. Old man tied the fish to the side of the boat, had to row back to shore. Fish bled in the water. Sharks came and ate the whole fish till there was nothing left. Well, that's just kind of a waste, isn't it? No, depends upon how you look at it. The old man met his greatest adversary just when he thought that part of his life was over. He saw himself in the fish. Came to, came to respect it the more it fought. Why didn't he just let the fish go? The old man's gotta be the old man. Fish gotta be the fish. Gotta be who you are in this world, right? No matter what. How much to take? Don't worry about it. Go make your living. From the last clip, it's confirmed that Alina is indeed a prostitute, and she speaks Russian and works for a Russian pimp named Slavi. In the brief conversation, Alina tries to turn down the job, but the obese client wants her specifically. The next day, we see Robert training Ralphie to get into shape for the security guard test. Come on, pull, 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 Come on, come on. Eight, seven, six. Five, four, four, four. Oh, come on now, come on. You can't. What if that with me? You gonna leave me to die of smoke inhalation? I'm a buck 90. How you gonna pull me out of a burning building if you can't pull a tire 20 yards? That's wrong. Hey, don't doubt yourself, son. Doubt kills. Get up. Come on, get up. Get up, get up, get up. On your mark, get set, pull. Right. Who's gonna make security guard? Who's gonna make security guard? Who's gonna make security guard? There you go. I like it, let's do it again. That night, Robert returns to the diner and he finds Alina sleeping in a booth wearing sunglasses to cover her badly bruised face. Robert gives her a piece of cake he slaved from work and she sits down at his table. So? I don't know. Even though I just kind of felt like a quiet voice. Before it all goes crazy. Okay. I'm Terry. Bob. Good. You know, you don't look like a Bob. Oh, yeah? Thank you. you look like a Robert. Robert reads books like this, and 
Что ты сделала с этим клиентом? Слави, у меня ударило, right? 
fuck you think you are? Hmm? It's all right. It's all right. On your what? It's all right. It's all right, Robert. Tu vas nous mettre une nouvelle challenge. Suka. Dari makarchka. This girl. She's no good. Call this number. I send you another one. Better. We now get the picture that Alina, who goes by the street name of Terry, is essentially owned by her pimp, and she can't get out of the prostitution life. The next night, Alina doesn't show up to the diner as she normally does. And then the next night, Robert finds out from the diner owner that Alina was in the intensive care unit after being badly beaten. Robert goes to the hospital and runs into one of Alina's friends named Mandy, played by Howie Bennett, who also works as a prostitute. Mandy explains that she initially brought Alina to the United States, and Alina was beaten by Slavi after Alina fought back against the client that hit her. Slavi beat Alina to show the other prostitutes what could happen if they defy his instructions. He then threatened to cut out her vocal cords. Robert contemplates what to do, and he's tortured by the life she's been forced into. Robert decides to pay a visit to the restaurant on the card that Slavi gave him a few nights prior. I'm here for that girl. You gave me that a couple of nights ago. You've got lots of cards. You still can get it up, Didushka? <laughs> <laughs> I'm here about a certain girl. She got beat up pretty bad. I'm thinking that uh, maybe you have wrong address, Dedush. This girl, she had a name. The name's Alina. Alina. Mm-hmm. Ah, no, it doesn't ring a bell. But whoever she is, I'm sure she must really know how to serve the cook. <laughs> okay. Um, look, I understand. These girls that you, uh, that you represent, uh, I understand it's like you're an investment. So, uh, I can give you $9,800. Cash. You're wanting to give me nine thousand dollars. Ninety-eight hundred. Cash. For what? Her freedom. Uh huh. <laughs> my train you? This guy gonna give me nine thousand dollars for one single piece of pussy. Ah, uh, must be Ferrari pussy. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Americans think that you can come into my place of business and just buy whatever you want. Beautiful Russian girls, no problem. Just throw down this bullshit money. You fucking insult me. I'm <laughs> just fucking with you, man. Uh, but you've got very big balls coming in here. I like that. So, $9,000 for the troublemaker. 
one month. That's it. Ah, you think this is one-time payment? I make this off this girl in two weeks. That girl is still child. I still can sell her as virgin. This makes prime earner for a good while. So take your fucking money and go back to your house and jerk yourself off 9,800 times. And then you come crawling back here to talk to me, huh? She will be used up by then for sure. Maybe then I will let you have it for nothing. So Robert wipes out Suave and the entire gang with amazing precision. These are terrific action scenes. He does it in roughly well, 30 seconds. Now the cool part about when we see Robert go to work is how we get into his mind and it's translated on screen in slow motion about how he sees each action of the person and his surroundings before he even makes a move. It's really well done. Robert has some final words for the butchered Suave. Heart's beating three times at normal rate. That's because you're losing so much blood. About 30 seconds, his body's gonna shut down and you're gonna suffocate. Helena, the girl you beat half to death, her life's gonna go on. Yours is gonna end right here on this funky floor. Over $9,800. You should have taken the money. Robert goes on with his life like nothing happened. However, the man who Slavi worked for, a Russian mob boss named Vladimir Pushkin, sends his top enforcer, Teddy Renson, played by Martin Sakas, to find out what happened to his men and eliminate the person responsible. We figured two, maybe three guys kill them all that quickly. It was a power play. No one saw it coming. None of our informants heard about this going down. Security system's hard drive was taken, so we're blind in here. All we know is at 11.17, waiter goes up, tray of food, finds him dead. I want images from every security camera within a six-block radius. If you have any trouble, call that number. Mm. And it will be taken care of. Phones charged and on. I tend to call it odd hours. 
to my residence. Hey, uh, yeah, wait a second, Mr. Sunshine. Um, what do I look like to you, a fucking chauffeur? This is our town. You're a fucking guest. Let me apologize for my conduct. It was a long flight, uh, on short notice, and I, I like to focus, to, to work quickly. The deaths of Mr. Pushkin's men have interrupted his operations here. Imports, movements of goods have all ceased. That's unacceptable. I'm the one Mr. Pushkin calls in when people like you fuck up. Hmm. I'm accountable now. Listen, pal, I don't like your You've tone with me. Mr. Pushkin's money for years. Money that comes with conditions, non-negotiable conditions. The problem you're having with me is you still think you matter. You don't. I'm all that matters. And so we're clear. I'm not here to say, please. I'm here to tell you what to do. You ready for business? We open tomorrow. One of the men that Teddy was speaking to was Frank Masters, played by David Harbour, who was a dirty Boston detective on the payroll of the Russian mob. Now, Teddy's first stop is a local Irish mobster that goes by Little John. Listen, Teddy, I already checked this out. The Irish are clean on this one. They had nothing to do with it, huh? Come on, what are you going to do? Are you going to sit down with all these guys? I'm telling you. Yes, I understand. Duly noted. fucking Russians. My money not good enough? John, you know I got respect for your business, Mr. Right? Looney, you understand why I'm compelled to make this visit. I know shit about what went down or who you should be out looking for. If I want to take over anything, I'd fucking do it. There'd be nothing left to you people. So maybe you just don't understand who the fuck I am. John, easy, huh? Don't easy, easy Frank. Shut the fuck up. Fucking flip ahead. See, I hate you fucking Russians. You're all crazy and you're arrogant. Now, the Irish we came here for a piece of the American dream. You people come over here to steal it. So fuck all of you. Well, Mr. Looney, I appreciate your kind. It's refreshing and, and lets me understand that you're not smart enough to have done this. Fuck Which brings me to my next issue. We pay you 15% to do business here. The additional 10% you steal, we ignore. We anticipate it as you people are such cliches. And the fact that you're a rat to the feds is also tolerable, little John. What the fuck? What we will not tolerate is getting nothing for our money. No information, no protection, no assurances. You understand, little Johnny? Who the fuck do you think you are coming down Who here I talking am to me? Or like... what I am. Who I am is complicated. What I am is easier. I'm a threat. I alter outcomes. Roll this mother... Oh, 
quite the beating and Teddy has sent a message to the other mobsters in Boston. Teddy also knows the precision of the killings done by Robert isn't a normal mob hit. Whomever did this was a professional with unique training. Robert discovers that Ralphie quit his job at the hardware store, so Robert visits Ralphie at his mom's small Mexican restaurant that she owns. There has been an electrical fire and Ralphie said that he needed to quit to help his mom with the repairs, but Robert is suspicious about the fire and we can gather that there's more to this story. Robert asks Ralphie directly, but Ralphie won't divulge anything and tries to divert the conversation. Robert finds out what's going on a few days later. Vamanos. We're close. Get out. Let's go. Time to go. Mommy. Venga aquí. Nice to see you. Mommy. Venga aquí. See, you pay on time, no more problems. <laughs> All right, let's go. Mamisita, you need to clean the grease. It's a cause of fire. That's a really good accent. We'll see you next week. <laughs> Come on, let's go to the banana, get a blowing. Hey, officers. Whoa, what the fuck? Put the, the light the down. What's up? I'd like to report a crime. Really? Call 911. Come on, let's get out of here. Fuck that guy. Yeah, I should have shot that motherfucker. Yeah, take it easy. How did you get this job? I blew the commissioner. Why wait city services when I got two corrupt cops right in front of me? It's a guy. This fucking guy? Yeah. Back up. How'd you get that fucking number? Wasn't hard. Yeah? Here yeah, is this. Ask the lady down the street. When they had the fire, same thing could happen to you with your whole fucking family. Inside. Over there. Over. You pay like everybody else. How many copies? One. Yeah, you must have a death wish, pal. What the fuck do you want, huh? Huh? Those people you took the money from, maybe you should give it back. <laughs> Why would we do that? That would be the best interest of everyone involved. Really? Yeah. Well, maybe our best interest is to tie a cinder block around your waist and throw you in the fucking mystic. Huh? Let's do that. It's a good idea. I suppose a stamp or something. Punk. Protect and serve. Uphold the law. Justice, remember. Who the fuck are you? Tomorrow you'll have returned all the money you extorted from those people. You'll tell them it will never happen again. You do that and this video will never be seen. Don't, and a half an hour later you'll watch the uncut version on every news outlet in the area. Now I'm offering you a chance to do the right thing. Take it. That fucking hurt more than the beating. 
that's how it's done. And I love films like this. The nomad who helps others, and if you mess with him, it doesn't end well. Including corrupt cops. Ralphie's mom gets back her cash from the badly beaten cops, and Ralphie now returns to work at the hardware store. And shortly thereafter, he passes his security guard test. He's now a guard at the hardware store. Teddy goes to Mandy, who believes she knows about the mystery man who wiped out the mob. All the other girls claimed that they were very close to Terry. there. Did anyone else visit her? Yes. A man. A man? Customer? No. A nice man. A black man. He wanted to know what happened to her. His name? He didn't say. Your friend, Terry? No one saw her at the Shalet Hospital. After what they did to her. Mandy is strangled to death by Teddy. Back at the hardware store, Robert witnesses an armed robbery and calmly assists the very shaken checkout clerk, who gives up her ring that was given to her by her late mother. Robert, in his methodical slow-motion way, assessed the situation seeing that children were nearby and he didn't want innocent lives potentially hurt or worse. Robert lets the robber go. 
but gets the license plate of the car that the robber escapes in. The next morning, when the cashier goes to the register, she opens up the cash box to find her stolen ring sitting in the change tray. We then see Robert wiping off a sledgehammer that he took from the store the day before, before placing it back on the shelves. Calm and cool as ever. Later that night, Robert gets a visit to his apartment. Mr. McCall, sorry to bother you. We're looking into a homicide that occurred two weeks ago. Five dead. Russian restaurant. Oh, yeah, I heard about it on TV. I happened to be there that night. Oh, you were? Yeah. You wouldn't be here if I wasn't. That's right. We're just checking to see if any of the patrons remembered anything suspicious that night. Not that I recall. May I ask why you dined at that particular restaurant? Like Poroshki. There's five authentic Russian restaurants within walking distance of your apartment. Mm. I assume they all serve Poroshki. Wow. <laughs> I was meeting a friend. It was her idea. Then I guess I should Sheila. talk. Sheila Saunders. But she won't be any help. She wasn't there. Daughter had a fever. You didn't stay long. I didn't check my watch. I see. Wow. Thanks for your cooperation. Very well. Tell me, do you know this girl? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't remember where from. What happened to her? She fell down and broke her neck. Did she? I'll be in touch. Don't you want to leave me your card, officer? In case I remember anything? That's what you policemen usually do, right? Must have given them all out. How'd you find me? I paid cash. We didn't have a reservation. How'd you find me? Well, that's what we do, Mr. McCall. We who? We find people we need to find. We who? This leads to a montage of Teddy trying to find out everything about Robert and vice versa. Both are now on the hunt for each other, and things come to a head at dinner one night. Hey, don't. Coffee, please. An egg sandwich, too. On a roll. No cheese, please. You got it. I'll be back in a minute. Is it just you, or are we waiting for someone else? I'm sorry, what? Your hands. If you really worked the power lines down there, your hands wouldn't look like that. I know we gotta be waiting for somebody else. <laughs> oh, fucker. Here's where I can see him. Take a little walk across the street, me and you. Black Denali. Here we go. The fuck? Be very from these instructions that I'm gonna kill you, understand?
is this? This is a scope. No witnesses. Robert gets away by taking out the first guy in the diner. He shorts out the power, then takes pictures of Teddy with his phone, who was sitting in a car across the street. Robert escapes on foot, and in an abandoned yard, takes out the dirty cops, and then takes their phone. Teddy and the dirty cops then go to Robert's apartment. Robert treats a wound on his leg while the guys try to break in. Unbeknownst to Teddy, Robert has another apartment and has set up his regular apartment to be bugged with with cameras and fake airline tickets and air sickness medication to give the illusion that he's on the run. However, Teddy doesn't fall for the ruse and knows Robert is watching them. Robert decides to then visit his friend Susan Plummer, played by Melissa Leo, and her husband Brian, played by Bill Pullman. Susan used to work for the DIA, which is the Defense Intelligence Agency, where Robert also used to work. Robert wants to know who Teddy is and asks for Susan's help. We also find out from a conversation with Brian that Robert is supposed to be dead. His death was all faked, funeral and all. Robert wanted a fresh start to his life, and this was his way out. Susan still does consulting work for the DIA and gives Robert the intelligence he needs, which includes the main boss, Vladimir Pushkin. Pushkin's influence is tied not only to the police, but politicians, which is why he's allowed to exist without the fear of punishment. And then Robert comes along and screws everything up. We also find out that Teddy's real name is Nikolai Achenko, who was part of the Russian secret police. Didn't sleep a wink, did you? Hey. Mm. Robert, that girl, Alina. Why? I couldn't tell you why. It mattered why what they did to her that mattered to me so much. One day somebody does something unspeakable to someone else, to someone you hardly knew. Man, you do something about it, because you can. Mm. Because it's who you are? Mm. Mm. You've always been? Sometimes we make the wrong choices to get to the right place. I know a part of you died when Vivian did. But not the part she loved the most. Copy him. <laughs> yeah. Don't forget to say goodbye.
Bye. Everything all right? Were you able to help him? He didn't come for help. He came for permission. Robert's first stop is to the hideout of Frank Masters, who is now on the run from the mob. Robert baits him into the garage before locking him into a car and putting a hose connected to the tailpipe into the sealed car. Unless Frank tells Robert what he wants, he'll die of carbon monoxide poisoning. But it will just look like a suicide of a dirty cop. Frank takes Robert to a meatpacking plant, which is a front for a mob money laundering location. Hey, Andre. Listen, this location's been compromised. You gotta get all your shit out of here. You gotta truck it all the fuck out. The fuck I'm going to do that? And who's this fucking piece of shit? Pushkin made the call. I'm just a new guy. Pushkin. Pushkin, I. Pushkin's fucking money. What the fuck you give a fuck, Andre, huh? Is that a heckler cock? This? Yeah. My Vera Rook. Bog is nice. What is he saying? Uh, I'm fucking. Can I see it? Oh, you want to see my gun? Uh, uh yes and no. No, fuck! All right, all right, all right! Whoa, whoa, whoa! You're so fucking nuts! Fuck! All right. Everybody settle now. Frank tells me you're the man, Andre. Yeah? He says your guys are incredibly loyal toward you. They'll do anything you say. So if you tell them to put the guns down, lay down on the floor with their hands behind their back, they'll do that, won't they? Indulge me, Andre. Tell them to lay down. There you go. Thank you very much. There you go. Mr. Pushkin thanks you very much. We're going out of business. Closing down shop. Mr. Pushkin thanks you very much. There you are, sweetheart. Here you go. You're welcome. Please accept these parting gifts on behalf of Mr. Pushkin. There you go. Three, two, look at that. Perfect. One. Thank you. Thank you, sweetheart. Right around to the right. Call it in. Frank Masters, I'm 1013 at 155 Warren Street, rear entrance. Repeat, Detective Frank Masters, 1013, 155 Warren Street, rear entrance. Anything else I can do for you? You tell me, Frank. I know you got an escape plan. Where do you keep it? Yeah? What's your fucking escape plan, pal? It's not about me, Frank. It's about you right now. Where do you keep it? You know what, fuck you, you motherfucker. You have fucked me so fucking bad. You did this, you motherfucker. You hear yourself? You did it to this badge, Frank. Disrespected this badge. You understand me? Fuck you, you motherfucker. I got nothing, all right? I got fucking nothing. You hear me? I got fucking nothing because you, you think they're not coming for you. You think you're not fucking next. I am a fucking dead man. Well, do something about it, Frank. You know who the fuck these people are? I'm a fucking dead man. I won't last a fucking week. Then do the right thing. Motherfucker.
Robert gets access to Frank's safety deposit box, which has Frank's passport and, and a USB drive. The non-corrupt police arrive and find millions of dollars waiting, along with the mobsters that have been tied up. Robert then decides to pay Teddy, or Nikolai, a visit at a restaurant for a face-to-face -face meeting. He's not coming back. Had enough? You certainly have my attention. Because I can keep going. Brick by brick, dollar by dollar, body by body. Or you can call your boss and tell him to shut down his operation tonight. That's not much of an offer. That's the only one you're going to get. When you pray for rain, you got to deal with the mud, too. When you look at me, what do you see? <laughs> hmm? The answer's nothing. I have no feelings about you one way or the other. You're like... like lint or, or a bottle cap. You're just a thing to remove. I knew a Russian police captain back in the day. He told me about a case he worked on. I can't remember the guy's name. He was a... Uh famous scholar lived in Moscow. He was a humanitarian, an author. Anyway, he decided to share his abundance with someone less fortunate. And even though he had five beautiful children, he opened his home to a sixth, an often 12-year-old boy. Kid had been pounded by the system from an early age, troubled, prone to violence, a lost cause. Stop me if you know this one. No, no, carry on. Okay. So this good man, opened his home to this boy. And when the boy stole from him, this good man loved him anyway. When the boy failed in school, this good man showed understanding and patience. When the boy lied and cheated and clawed and fought, this good man showed compassion and love until the boy who had never felt anything like being wanted or loved, he finally did. The man had broken through. By all accounts, it was a miracle. One week later, intruders broke into the man's house, killed the man and his wife in bed. They said some small things were stolen, things a child might steal. No one knows for sure. The man's children were sent off to live with relatives. The boy, the orphan, shipped back to hell. Just when he finally had a chance at life, it was snatched away by two bullets. It's a well-known story. Mm. They have a catch who did it. Did they? Maybe they didn't look in the right place. Sometimes the answer's right in front of you. Yeah, I think the boy did it. I think the boy was scared that his foster parents would wake up one day and realize that he wasn't worth it, like all the others had. And he couldn't bear the thought that this man, this good man would do that to him, would throw him away, like a piece of lint or a bottle cap. So, he decided not to find out. What do you think, Nikolai? You think you know me. <laughs> you strike me as a sentimental man, Mr. McCall. That's surprising. I... I don't possess that chip. I never could understand what comes from feeling that way except 
weakness. The men I killed, your men, I gave them a chance. They made their decision. I'm giving you the opportunity to make yours. Thank you. You're welcome. You let me know when you decide. Of course. I've done some bad things in my life, Nikolai. Things I'm not proud of. I promised someone that I love very much that I would never go back to being that person. But for you, I'm gonna make an exception. You ask me what I saw when I looked at you. What do you see when you look at me? Now that was an awesome scene, and Denzel is rightfully recognized as one of the greatest actors of all time. And praise also must be given to Martin Zakis, who plays a terrific villain, which makes the Equalizer such an awesome action thrower. Alright, there's about 30 minutes left, and the ending is action-packed and very well done with a terrific showdown at the hardware store. And so if you're into action films with terrific acting, well, I think you should definitely see and check out The Equalizer. I must say I love how the Robert McCall character always gives the worst of the worst a chance to change their ways and redeem themselves. And it's always on them when they decide to ignore the warnings and then they face the consequences. All right, some fun facts. Over the part of Alina, Anna Kendrick, Kelly McDonald, and Nina Dobrev were considered. Melissa Leo is the only actor to be in both the original TV series and the film. She appeared in one episode during the first season. Chloe Grace Moretz had a Russian teacher and a, as a dialogue coach for the movie, and the coach helped her with little cheat sheets with phonetics written out about how it should sound. Now, there was a sequel released in 2018, and I will cover that at some point, and as of this recording in 2023, there are plans for a third film with both Denzel and Antoine Fuqua returning. All right, we have three special guests. It's Metal Mike Tyler and his co-host, Bill Roseberry, from the Metal Mike Show, which you can always hear on ThatMetalStation.com every Friday night. They join me. And also, Sonny Pooney from the Grown Up Rock Podcast, also Podcast Rock City. He enjoys Denzel and, of course, this movie, so we did have a nice discussion about the film. And then I'll be back next week for yet another random movie from my DVD collection. All right, we're back with the dynamic duo of Metal Mike Tyler and Bill Roseberry, who joined me again to talk about a terrific action movie that is actually, you know, it's it's been around for a while now, and it's even had a sequel. So welcome back, guys, and uh, and Bill. Like, I, I hope you enjoyed uh, seeing this movie for the umpteenth time. I'm assuming. Yeah, you know, I I really uh, I really love it, except I I just don't find that that old English guy looks that tough, you know, whenever I watch it. <laughs> You know, I, I knew this was going to happen uh, because there's so much out there. But I'm assuming you watched the '80s TV show instead of the Denzel one, right? Yeah, I, I, I did watch. I did watch another one though. And, you know, Queen Latifah. Mm. She's pretty tough as the Equalizer too. Is that the right one? So, you know, this is the bane of my existence. I try to. I give all these great titles, and they just keep remaking shit in Hollywood. And they're ruining everything. <laughs> so. So thank you for doing that, Bill. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm kidding. Yeah, of course, the one with Denzel is by far the best version of The Equalizer in my... Well, and I, I shouldn't say that. I've not watched a TV show with Queen Latifah, but, okay. I mean, it's Denzel Washington. I mean, it's. Uh, I did watch the one in the 80s, 
Okay. But th- when this movie came out with Denzel, it was a perfect carrier, perfect character for for Denzel. Agreed. For sure. Great. Mike, did you did you watch the original '80s TV show? And and if if not, have you seen the the current version, which is on CBS with Queen Latifah? I vaguely remember watching the original a few episodes. It wasn't bad, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, with me being the kind of book guy, I'm all about vigilanteism, and you know, I wish there were people like the Equalizer sure. in, in real life. And um, so, uh, yeah, I remember, and it was pretty good. Um, the one with Queen Latifah, I cannot really comment on because I have not watched it. Okay, uh, there's just so much stuff to check out was streaming and everything and i just get overloaded and it's just like and i mean i like queen you know sure um I, i'm sure she's she pretty big gal man so i'm sure she could equalize <laughs> some shit if she wanted to but, <laughs> yeah, um, right. you know and I, I don't mean that as a fat joke ladies so don't get all mad at me you know <laughs> um um i actually do like queen i think she's kind of cute for a thick chick but um well, that yeah, just got you canceled, Mike. <laughs> yeah, I you just care. got canceled now. <laughs> I don't care. Fuck. This Gross will be the last body. episode that Metal Mike like is it, on the. You know, yeah, know. La, 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 la. It really was a damn good movie memory. Thank you, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, damn. You know. um, anyway. <laughs> we um, love Mike. We love Queen Latifah. We love everyone, right? We do. We do. I, I like thick girls, so, you know. <laughs> Doubling I, down. Hey, man, tripling down. I'm going to say something else. I've kind of become a little bit, a little bit of a chubby chaser in my old age. So anyway, <laughs> but up, bump. Um, yeah, man, your female listeners are going to be like, fuck this well, guy. And for the next episode, we're going to do Shallow Howl. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> I actually love that movie. I think it has a really good, strong message. So it anyway. Does. All right. Um, Coming up so, to a podcast near you. All right. Okay. So I'll... Uh, to to stay on task, uh, yeah, I I um love this movie. I just what's funny is I went to the theater to see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, went uh, took a gal on date. She was a thick chick, so there you go. And, uh, <laughs> yes, sir. But true story. But hey, she was cute. Right. So um anyway um so I and I loved it. I just I thought Denzel was amazing at it. And one of the cool things was I watched it again just recently because my big brother, David Tyler, a scapegoat to all the Metal Mike uh, listeners out there, uh, he uh, he had never seen it. So I happened to be at my dad's and we watched it and he loved it. And um, and then again, and then it's just right after that, you were all like, hey, man, we're going to be reviewing this. And I watched it again with Bill. Don't mind. Love this movie. But what's yeah. ironic is I've not seen the sequel yet, so I have to do that because I just found out recently a third film is currently yeah. in production right now. Which is great. So I'm like, yeah. hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, but no, I thought this was a great movie. I think Antoine Fuqua is an amazing director. I've almost enjoyed everything he's ever done. Mm-hmm. And and I thought this was kind of cool because they literally admitted that it was kind of their answer to all the comic book movies and stuff, you know, that it, you know, and I think it was just a perfect vehicle for Denzel. He was fantastic in it. Everybody was fantastic in it. And a lot of the um, choreography for the fights was just amazing. It uh, really yeah, was. And I loved it. Bill, did you see this in the theater too? No, I did not. I saw it on, on a um, rental and um, uh, just loved it immediately. But I want to say, you know, I have in my movie collection, I have close to 900 movies. And the top three actors of of any of them are Arnold Schwarzenegger, Robert De Niro, and Denzel. I mean, mm-hmm. I own so many Denzel movies. So if I see he's in something... I'm going to watch it. I mean, I've seen just about everything in his filmography. And uh, so and I knew he would kill something like this. 
for one, he'd kind of done a similar one already with the, 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 the director who I thought of always brought out the best in him, which was Tony Scott. They did mm-hmm. man on fire. And, right. and, um, I thought the equalizer kind of was out of that same mold a little bit. And, and Anthony Fuqua brings out a pretty good version of Denzel too. Obviously. I mean, you know, going back, he's done a lot of work with him too. So, um, I was, I was stoked and, and I, I definitely wasn't disappointed. Whatever it is, he's a great actor. Well, I know I knew Denzel was a huge. You're a huge fan. I'm. I'm. I'm assuming Mike is too. So if you could do it quickly and and off the top of your head, what are your top five Denzel flicks? I know it might be impossible for Bill. So I'm going to start with Mike on that one. Oh, okay. Oh, damn. That's a good question, man. Let me think about this. Well, obviously, I thought he was tremendous in Glory, even though he sure. wasn't the, um, the main, main character yeah. in that. Um, I loved him in that man on fire is fantastic. This is one of my favorites. The the one that he won the Oscar for, of course, I'm the Anthony Fuqua film that I'm totally Training drawn day. to damn blank Training, Training day. day. Yep. I think that's fantastic. Yeah, I don't really think Denzel's made a lot of stinkers. What you no. call bad movies, man. No. I mean, um, the, the one where he played the pilot was amazing too. um, flight. flight. He was great yeah. in that. And he's in Philadelphia. You forget about that. Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he was. He was. And he, he, he I mean, the guy's been fantastic in just about everything. Even if the movie wasn't that great, he was great in it. Exactly. Uh, remember the Titans. Another yeah. great one. Yes. American Gangster. He was amazing oh, yeah. in that. Terrific. Um, yeah, those are all great films that I would definitely put in my top. Yeah, you know, I don't know. Denzel's okay. so awesome. Definitely could do a top 10 easily. Oh, yeah. Easily. Okay, Bill, it's a tough one for you, but I gave you a little bit of time. Yeah, so so I mean, Mike took some of my thunder because Glory, Training Day, mm-hmm. and A Man on Fire, those would all be in there. One that would definitely be in there for me is Fallen. Mm. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, uh, good the, one. The twist in that movie, if you've never seen it, you got to pay close attention. Um, it'll piss you off at the end that you sure. didn't figure it out. And then um, I would say probably Remember the Titans would fit, would round out my top five. But I'm going to give a couple other kind of movies that maybe people aren't familiar with with Denzel, um, which would be uh, Devil in a Blue Dress. Yep. Yep. The great movie. And um, one of his very early works where he's not the uh, the star, but uh, a soldier's story. Mm. No. Yeah. That was like an 84. Yep. Yeah. I mean, and he's. He's great. Now that actually, uh, um, man, what was his first name? Rollins that was on the show in, in the heat of the night. I can't think of his first name right now, but yeah, he's he was, the star. The, uh, he's the star of that. Uh, he unfortunately died a drug overdose, yeah. you know, I can't think of his first Howard, Howard Rollins. I kept mm-hmm. wanting to say Henry Rollins. No, <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> Howard Rollins. Yeah. But I mean, Denzel, plays a, a major role in, in that, that movie. And he's real cocky in there. You, yep. you almost kind of see some of what you saw coming out in glory and training day, um, out of a soldier's story, you know, some of those future kind of cocky roles and, and things that, that, uh, that Denzel had. So sure. And there's two, uh, remakes he made though. He's excellent. in, and, and that's the Manchurian candidate, which I really enjoyed. 
And I the have taking, that. Yes. Yeah, and the taking of Pelham 1, 2, 3 is terrific. So Yeah, he's yeah. also in a remake of uh, Magnificent Seven, too. That's yes. right. Yes. That is right. And, and, you know, the thing about you mentioned the Manchurian Candidate, Brian, I yeah. really like that remake, too. I don't think it's as good as the original, but mm-hmm. it's a damn good remake. And I like the fact, you know me, man, it's always my pet feast. If you're going to do a remake, you need to make it yours. And they definitely did enough to it. To, it was theirs. Absolutely. You know what I mean? So, yeah. And he, and and we can't we'd be remiss if we didn't mention Malcolm X. I mean he, oh, of he, course, oh, yeah. yeah. I was just gonna say, yeah. I mean his That's performance one I is amazing. I, yep. Yeah. So F- Fences, have you seen Fences, Brian? Oh yeah, oh yeah. That's, That's a, the a recent re- one movie yeah. with him, Viola Davis, and it basically it 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 has more of a of a play type feeling. Sure. You know, and the whole movie takes place basically in their their kitchen slash living room. Or in the backyard, and it's really dialogue based, but it's a great movie. I mean, him and Viola Davis playing off each other is can't go is wrong. Sensational. I mean, I, I, uh, I watched it and was was captivated the whole time. It 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 kind of had the same type of uh, going back to like Raisin in the Sun type type. Yeah. Of, you know, where it's just real, you know, you're you're watching this black family kind of struggle and and deal with anger and all the things that were going on at, at, during those times. And, and it's done, like I said, set up more like a play, uh, mm-hmm. just watch them kind of deal with their problems and it, it, just great acting. I, I think Denzel, I'm sure, I don't know for sure, but I'm, I'm sure that, that, that he, he probably learned a lot of his craft from watching Sidney Poitier. I was I mean, just going to say that he's, there the are a game. lot of similarities yeah. between the two of them. Absolutely, and I like a lot, a lot of, of old Sidney Poitier movies too. Absolutely, so. he when you said Raising the Sun, I'm like, yeah, that's the obvious yeah. connection. He's uh-huh. done uh-huh. Sidney Poitier. Absolutely. So, I mean, the the Equalizer is definitely an intense action flick, but I think the plot is kind of slow moving. It's kind of deliberate, and there's some character depth in it, which I personally enjoy. So, what did you guys think, or do you prefer Denzel doing like dramas, like straight ahead dramas, or do you like him doing action, or is this just the perfect blend of the two? And we'll we'll start with Mike on this. Perfect blend of the two. Mm-hmm. Perfect blend of the two, man. Um, I just think, yeah, I like the play. The, the film builds up, and at first you don't know much about him, and he's very like. One thing I notice is he's kind of OCD about things. Mm-hmm. You notice that like right off the bat. He's very everything's got to be a certain way. Um, you know, there's more to him than meets the eye. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's also obviously he's got a good heart. You know, he he likes helping people. He likes he likes helping people achieve their potential. I really liked that. I thought that was a really cool touch to his character. You know, like the security, the kid who wants to be a security guard, he's helping him out. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. Who I loved, and then the girl, you know, uh, oh, totally more, more Grace. Yeah, Um, yeah, Grace. She um, she was really good too. You know, I mean, yeah, it was just a. a great film and, and I just love certain scenes like where he goes to actually kind of buy the girls freedom and they, you know, and, and I just love how he totally annihilates them within like seconds. It seems yes. like, and then it's telling the dude as he's dying, why he's dying, how he's dying. <laughs> and then just says, you should have took the money. That's right. And yet kind of felt bad. Like he didn't really want to kill those men, but it was no. just like, well, all right, man, you know, and I just love that, man. I love the whole don't start none won't be none shit. Right. His attitude and how he was able to just 
And they just couldn't get the drop on him, no matter how hard they tried, man. It was he was always a step ahead of them. And yeah. obviously, when you find out who he really is and what he really did, you're you like, it. oh, okay, totally, man. Yep. And um, you know, and it's just the moral of the story, uh, you know, to me, and it's something my dad's always said: you don't always know who you're fucking with, you That's know, right. so to speak. Like you don't know just because they look like oh, average Joe. Doesn't mean they are, man, and that's why you're just better off trying to live a good life. That's right, and, you know, <laughs> and just you know, and not mess with people, you know. Yep. But no, you know. Anyway, great. Like I said, great film. Bill, do do you like his straightforward dramas? Do you like it just as action, or or like Mike? Do you like the combo? I, I like everything, bro. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I do agree that this was a combo of the two. I mean, it's. And you're right. It was very slow moving. The moment that this movie changed mm-hmm. and I was I was drawn in already because I know, you know, he can captivate me by just talking and delivering his lines. Just agree. But yeah. But um, the moment that it really draws you in and it turns is when he locks that door. Yep. Yep. When he when he when he goes to walk out and he locks the door. I mean, it's like uh, it's like uh it was like, oh my God, we're gonna go Kenny Rogers Coward of the County here now. <laughs> yeah, only only tenfold. Yep. <laughs> or, or like Chaz Palminteri in a Bronx. Yeah, the boys yeah. just got their ass kicked. They didn't get killed. Yep. <laughs> right. You know. Right. Right. But I mean, man, I mean, it was so intense, and um, I I just and from there on, it it it, it took just that next level of intensity up. That's right. It's great, and I mean, uh, another thing I want to mention about this movie too is the, the fact that. At the time that it came out, Denzel's kind of carrying a, a pretty new cast. I mean, obviously sure. we get cameos from Bill Pullman and, and Melissa Leo, and, and and we know who they are. And David Harbour, they had, who they had who, names, but Chloe, Chloe Grace Moretz yeah. was kind of up and coming. But just if you hadn't seen the Kick-Ass movies, you'd right. know she, she's a much bigger deal now. David yep. Harbour, I mean, he's a huge deal now. I mean, because of Stranger Things, yeah, right, because of Stranger Things, and now. Uh, Violent Night, which I haven't had a chance to see yet. Yep. And then Martin, um, is it is it Sokus? Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, he, and I mean he plays the Russian. Yeah, yeah, and I mean he's a guy that's gotten a lot more work since this Equalizer movie. So you know he was Denzel was carrying a, a what what turned out to be a pretty solid cast, but it was yeah. a lot of people that you didn't know. So you're watching it just off of Denzel's name, really. You know, right? Because um, I don't even think. Bill Pullman was in any trailers for this. No. Leo might have been in one, but they they didn't really show those two that they were going to be in it. You know, you pretty much just saw him and a bunch of bunch of people you didn't know. Yeah, so. and that's why it's fun revisiting this because you see David Harbour, you're like, holy shit! But at the time, nobody. Yeah. I mean, Stranger Things really just kind of his career just took off after that. So yeah, so I'm glad you met you mentioned uh, Chloe Grace Moretz as the female lead. I it, she was great and kick ass. Uh, so for me, it was kind of a bit jarring to see her as like a teen prostitute. So what did you guys think? We'll, we'll start with Bill. Yeah, I, I thought she did a great job. It just so beat down. It just seems like. Poor, poor young people that have to be put in, in situations like that. It just takes their dreaming away from them. Like, you know, you yeah. when you're coming up and you're that age, you you have dreams of doing big things. And you and you should be able to do that. And you should be able to be a kid and, and think about, I can be anything I want to be. Somebody like that in a situation she was in, it's what drew Denzel to her and why he yeah. did what he 
did because they were they were stealing her youth from her. You know, Absolutely. And, uh, you know, there's a book that that we're supposed to read for work um, and I haven't read it yet, but um, it's called uh, Life at the Bottom. Mm. And it's about people that are poor and coming from terrible backgrounds and why they're so quick to give up on life and why things are, are you know, why they they lack maybe the drive and the motivation that you do from somebody who's had had a um, a little bit more of a of a chance to grow and had a solid foundation of family and opportunity and things like that. And I mean, she kind of falls into that. You know, she wants to be a singer, but she knows that's that's never going to happen. And I mm-hmm. think that kind of broke his heart and it kind of set the tone for the the whole movie, you know. Right. It was a perfect character setup because mm-hmm. in in normal worlds they never meet, you know, because you know, why would she why would a a young woman be at a cafe at 2 in the morning, you know? And, right. Uh, yeah. And Mike, how did you feel about her character and how did you feel about her in particular in that lead or would you well, wanted someone else? Uh, you know, honestly, I didn't really think much about it at the time when I went to see the movie. And the reason why is I hadn't seen Kick-Ass yet. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't really sure who she was, man. But I thought she was good in the role. You know, I think Chloe's a talented actress and has pretty much been really, really good in everything she does. Kind of like that young girl, uh, Haley Stanfield. I mean, yes. I still think she was amazing True in True Grit. Yep. She was just a kid when she played that yeah, role. Right. And now, you know, she's in all kinds of stuff, man. Um, so, uh, well, w- let's wrap up. And so I'll, I'll start with Bill. You know, for your last viewing of this, did you get anything new out of it? What were, you know, some of your overall takeaways from your last viewing? I don't know if I really noticed anything new that I'd missed before. I, I just think that that there's more I see more star power when I watch it now than the first time I watched it. I see the 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 better I, I notice these actors more in, in their in their talent than I did the first time before. It was just like I'm just watching it for Denzel. So that's the one thing I've I've noticed and and you know now as I'm looking back I've seen the second one. I own the second one. Yep. Um so I've kind of gotten used to Robert McCall now and, and know kind of what to expect from him. So, so no, um, I didn't really get anything new. I, I just look forward to, to, to the next movie. And, and agreed. Yeah. It's kind of almost I, like a, a born series type at this right, point. Right. Right. Yeah. For sure. Yep. Mike, what, what, what were your overall takeaways from your last um, viewing? Well, cause like I said, I just watched it recently with Bill, but I also yep. watched it with my dad and I hadn't seen it since I went to the movies, to be honest with you. I don't think I watched it. I don't know why I just never got around to it. Cause like I said, I went to the theater, loved it, thought it mm-hmm. was great. Um, just enjoyed it as much the second and third time around as I did the first time around. I mean, one of the things I noticed more is I paid more attention to some of the kills, mm, <laughs> not to yeah. be morbid, but how he's no. taking some of the dudes out mm-hmm. and just some of the things he's doing. And the fact that, like I said, he's just always a step ahead of everyone, man. You know, he yep. it's, it's just, I mean, and, and who else but Denzel Washington could pull that off because he's just so cool you know yeah yeah so i mean that's what i love about it. i'm like man this guy's so cool you know he could like read the phone book and i'm gonna go all right cool i'm, I'm down with you you know i mean he's great so uh yeah man and i can't wait for i'm gonna i'm gonna watch the second one here soon and uh and i can't wait to see the third one i'll probably go to the, see because i didn't for whatever reason i didn't oh, go yeah. to the theater i meant to but i just never got around to seeing the equalizer too so i gotta i gotta i that's my first thing i gotta do yep. and then after that you know check out part three when it comes out i have it mike so you can watch it and then i'd like i'd like to go to the to the theater to see this third oh for real we'll have to do that brother 
Yeah. Well, sure. I'm flying out to Southern Illinois. We're all big, you know, we're going to watch. Oh, the there you one. go. All right. <laughs> yeah, Too bad it's not pay, coming out. You'll pay more. Hey, yeah. Brian, you'll pay yeah. more for your movie theater ticket than you will for your plane ticket, probably. You know, at this point, you're right. So <laughs> better get some free food out of it, you know? Right. So as, as always, guys, you guys are terrific. Thank you for doing this. You can, of course, catch both Mike and Bill on the Metal Mike Show every Friday night starting at 8 p.m. Eastern time on thatmetalstation.com. Thanks again, guys. No problem, man. Always a pleasure, brother. Take care. We're back with Sonny Pooney from the Growing Up Rock podcast and Podcast Rock City, which, of course, is a KISS podcast. Welcome back, Sonny. I wonder if Denzel's a KISS fan. <laughs> well, you know, he's kind of a, a, a jack-of-all-trades. I wouldn't be surprised if he dug some KISS. Yeah, you never know. That guy's uh, all over the place. He is. He is. Okay, so speaking of all over the place, I don't know if you watched it, but this is based on uh, an 80s TV series. That's what the film is based on. And then, of course, now um, it, there's a current version with Queen Latifah, which I'm not sure if it's based on the original television show or if they're just basing it off the uh, film version that Denzel stars in. So have you seen either one? I have never seen the 80s TV show. I didn't even know there was one until a few okay. weeks ago. And mm-hmm. I, I think I'm going to dig it up and watch it because I'm I'm assuming it's going to be a little bit like the 18 maybe. Um, the new show with Queen Latifah. Okay, I'm not the biggest Queen Latifah fan. I will say that. The new show mm-hmm. was very good because mm. we were uh, Nicole and I were fans of per- person of interest and okay. that went off the air and the equalizer came on and it was a good switch off for us to go. Okay. We still have a show that kind of dwells in that realm and keeps us interested. And Qu- Queen Latifah has done a good job. Now they've taken the movie and added in characters to basically support the equalizer character. But uh, but it's a pretty good show. Are there any characters that match the film series? Not that I can tell. But you know what? Mm-hmm. I've I've not watched the movies enough to have the characters absolutely like memorized. If that makes sense. Sure. But yeah, yeah. I don't think Queen Latifah's last name is McCall. I don't think so. Mm. But now I don't even know if I know what her last name is. I guess I've never looked at the connection that hard. Okay. Let's get into Denzel Washington. I'm I'm assuming you're a big fan of him. I have to be because it's my wife's number one. And he's oh, not, no way. He's not Denzel. He's Denzel, right? He's not <laughs> Denzel. I should ask her this question. So maybe you get, I don't know if she's around, but if, if you can, maybe you know, what are her or yours top five Denzel flicks and where does the equalizer rank for you guys in those? Uh, the equalizer for her is probably going to be in the top five. Uh, wow, for okay. me, it would be right outside the top five. Uh, mm-hmm. The ones we enjoy together, Inside Man was okay. really good. Uh, we enjoyed Out of Time together. I enjoyed Crimson Tide, The Siege, mm-hmm. American Gangster. Ooh, American Gangster. That's a good movie. Um, so I enjoyed Great those movie. more, where she probably enjoyed like Philadelphia more. Or that, right. remember that Roman Israel one? Yeah. Yeah. It just yeah, came out she, not too long ago. Yeah. She enjoyed that one. So, we have some connections there, but uh, in reality, our top fives would be different. She probably liked the Pelican Brief too, Julia Roberts. And I like that one basically. too, actually. So yeah, yeah, that one's that one's one that we would uh, agree on. He really hasn't made many bad movies. It's like pretty much anything he's in, you, you're pretty much assured that even if the movie's not the best, he's going to be great. Yeah, he's never been the problem in any movie that we have watched that he's in. 
The right. issue to me has been either I'm not going to even try it because it just looks way too serious. Like, was there a movie called like Fences? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I think he produced it or maybe directed it. Yeah. And it won awards, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Not on my list of movies to watch. I don't watch movies that won awards. Right. <laughs> They're probably very depressing and long. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. So I'm like, I know. Thanks. So I didn't even give it a chance. I'm sure he's awesome, but it's mm-hmm. just not my bag. So did you guys see this in the theater uh, or was it just like, OK, well, we found out this was out. Let's check it out because Denzel's in it. Or was it just because it's, you know, a, an action flick? Yeah, it, it had more to do with our kids were still young. So mm. we either rented uh, like Redbox or most likely we saw it on like HBO or, or Showtime or something like that when it dropped into cable. So this is an interesting movie because it, it's definitely an action flick, but the plot is very drawn out, kind of deliberate. There's some d- uh, definitely depth uh, of the character development, which I enjoy. So what did you think? Uh, do you prefer your Denzel as being action or him doing his drama or do you like a blend of the two? I like uh, the blend of the two, but the blend that I like is action with um, how how would I say it? Like a sarcasm in charisma, right? Mm. So I'll give you an example in this movie when he's doing the whole Gladys Knight and the pips dance thing. Right. <laughs> right. Remember Russell Crowe was looked at for this movie. I love Russell and Russell would have done a great job of this movie. He would have never pulled that movie. Never, never. Right. And that has to do with the smile, the charisma that yep. I don't take myself too seriously. So what Denzel did a great job of in this movie is playing the average Joe. And in these type of movies, that's actually the hardest thing to do. Yeah, because right. he's a larger than my persona. That's right. That's right. So like and I'm a huge Punisher fan. So to me, mm. this is very much like the Punisher. Right. But the thing that the Punisher lacks is he's not out there as an average Joe. No. Right. He's basically Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles underground <laughs> hiding until it's time to attack. So that's a different take on it. So, I li- yeah, I like my Denzel out of time was like that. You could tell mm-hmm. there was times where he was kind of the, you know, the guy that works on this island as a cop, whatever. And that's kind of little average Joe for his sheriff or whatever. But then there was times where his charisma just came out and it's the smile, really. That's I, there's something about Denzel that he can make you feel like he's just a normal human being. Yeah, it's kind of like that wink where Tom Selleck used to have that. James Garner used to have that yep. where there's yep. almost a twinkle in his eye. Yeah, Mel definitely. Gibson has and, that. Uh, Mel Gibson has that. Yep. And just don't get him in your personal life. But yeah, yeah, yeah on yeah, screen, he definitely issue. has that. Kurt Russell has yes, that. Def- Kurt Russell definitely has that. Um, see, what's interesting about – so you mentioned The Punisher – at first, I'm thinking there's no way Denzel could play the Punisher because the Punisher character isn't that likable. But then again, you think about Training Day, that's a brutal character, and Denzel's fabulous in it. Yeah, and I enjoyed Training Day. Um, I I actually like this movie better, and I actually like mm-hmm. the sequel better than this first movie. Oh, interesting. Okay, yeah. well, we'll get there. But we'll, let's start with, with the original action-wise. I loved how they focused on Denzel's character, how methodical he was about every move before he actually committed it, like in the office. Now, granted, he's definitely a bit OCD. I think that's the charm. So how did you like that action? I think it's great because I think right out of the beginning, at the beginning of the movie, they're already showing you the OCD part with – Mm-hmm. Bed's clean, the you know, it's made, the clean plays, you know, he's washing his one fork, his one plate, his one glass. Mm-hmm. Like he's got this routine that is absolutely 100% OCD. 
And then that whole, okay, something's about to go down. And then there's a slow motion focus of where everything is. Now mm-hmm. I'm assuming he's timing himself to stay sharp. And I don't know if you caught it, but on that first time he said 16 seconds, then he looked yeah. at his watch and he's, he saw it was 28 seconds. He subtracted nine because of the talk. So he figured right. that didn't count, took it to 19 and they gave himself a little head nod that it wasn't too bad. So yeah. it's like, <laughs> almost like he's playing a game at a level that nobody else is even at. They're just right. trying to survive. I love you picked that up because that's how he is. I mean, it's that military regimented train, but it's also why he's so good at what he does. Uh, how did you feel about the Chloe Grace Barrett's uh, character? It's like kind of the female lead. I, I saw kick ass before this. So to see her as like a teenage prostitute was a little bit jarring, but I don't know. Did you, had you seen her in kick ass before this? I had not. I saw that movie mm-hmm. afterwards. I okay. think Chloe did fine. You know, mm-hmm. I know they were looking at Anna Kendrick I don't know yeah. if she could have pulled it off because she she can come off as funny without even trying to be funny. Uh, but definitely she's more attractive. Um, mm-hmm. Kelly McDonald, meh. Uh, Nina Dobrev would have yep. been excellent, right? That mm-hmm. She has the look and most likely can play that part. I, I just thought, remember that uh, lady, I uh, can't ever say her last name not right, uh, right. Her first name is Ivana. I think the last name is Militievich. She was in that show Banshee, remember? Oh yeah. Yeah. She was also in vanilla sky. She was a casino Royale, um, a younger her. That's the kind Mm -hmm. of like, you need it to be, it would have almost been better if the person was Russian, right? Like Russian American. I don't know if you get that from Chloe. She just seems like somebody who, you know, came off the bus and kind of gotten the life she shouldn't get into to survive. But if, if the girl was actually Russian, I think it would have played off a little better, but she did fine. Like she's not a huge major part of the movie. The plot is about her, but she's not a major part of the movie. And that's a little weird, right? It is. It absolutely is. Actually, the one that might work today, I'm trying to figure out, I'm trying to do the math about how old she would have been. Uh, so 2014, 10 years. It might have worked. So Anna DeArmas, you've heard of her, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, she perfect. could pull it off possibly. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Because she kind of has that that exotic look, but also she could probably play innocent too. Yeah. Because to me, nothing against Chloe, she's just not attractive enough, like hot enough to play that part that she's playing. Right. And I think that's where Anna DeArmas could really pull that off. Uh, I I love the side characters like Ralphie. He he was great in that. And I liked how um, the the Denzel character kind of trained him uh, with that or was a mentor to him. But there were some pretty big name character actors like Bill Pullman, Melissa Leo and David Harbour, who wasn't a big hit yet because Stranger Things hasn't come out yet. That didn't hurt either. How did you feel about the side characters? I think the side characters were done really well. I thought they were put together well. I even thought like Haley Bennett, who played Mandy, could have played Chloe's character and probably maybe she tried out for that, didn't get it, get the second part, who knows? I love it when these movies that if you're going to play and you're going to have Russian bad guys, then you guys, you got to have people that are of European descent to play those parts. And man, is Martin a great bad guy. Oh my God. What a great bad, like the Slavi character. Fine. Kill him off. I don't need David in the movie (laughs) anyway, but Martin really, I mean, they basically portrayed him as the devil, right? That's what they were kind of trying to show with all the tattoos and stuff and just no emotion. And man, did he nail that part? He did. He really did. 
Um, so uh, did you watch this recently before we did before we're talking right now? Yeah, I watched it a couple of weeks ago. Okay. Overall takeaways from your last viewing. Uh, still a great movie. Um, I use, I've seen the second one more than the first one. I love that. Although, you know, whether you want to call Denzel's character an anti-hero, um, mm-hmm. that, and he's regimented himself, but did you notice that like when Ralphie had chips in his sandwich, mm-hmm. Denzel was okay that he wasn't perfect. Right? right. So it's like, he expects perfection from himself, but he's okay with the flaws and other people, mm-hmm. right? Which that's, that's a interesting character twist. Denzel just does so well in this movie that this is one of, I'm surprised they struggled to get a third one going because you would think that this thing would be like mission impossible and could have eight to 10 movies. Totally. And the, and it's going to come out as we're recording this, we're recording in February. It, the, as of now, it's going to come up September 1st of 2023. So that's great. The third one. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Um, Ralphie. Oh, so the other connection for me in this movie. Sure is, well, first of all, you know, Nicole loves Denzel, right? (laughs) I worked at Lowe's for four years in a home improvement warehouse. I ran one. Mm -hmm. So that whole connection of what was going on kind of behind the scenes in the job, I'm like, oh my, automatic connection to me. I'm like, I've lived that, right? Like he was ripping boards. I've ripped boards, you know, those kind of things. I was like, oh my God, look, he's even got all the safety gear on. Like somebody must've told (laughs) him you got to wear all this stuff. Um, so I, you know, I thought they missed some things in the movie in the first one. Like, so the two guys that were trying to figure out what Denzel had done beforehand, that never really got played out. That could have been a fun thing at the end. Possibly. We never, nobody ever said he was a Marine. Did that no. ever come up? No, not at all. Not, not at all. Nobody had ever said he worked for the defense intelligence agency. That never came up. No, <laughs> he's basically a ghost at this point. Right. So it, it was almost like, okay, I get it that you're trying to portray this thing as ghost, but you got to at least tell us what his background is. Right. Right. And it's almost like maybe it got left on the cutting room floor. That's a good point. Cause it's not a sure movie and they definitely draw out the character, but maybe they just felt that wasn't like people just are assuming that he is and they didn't have to get into it. Yeah. So like, I didn't really realize those things until I did a little bit of research and I'm like, oh, that's what it's supposed to be. Sure. Um, but that whole Melissa Leo character, that that's, she's a good character. You have to have somebody that I guess connects you to your past, whether you're in most movies, it's your handler or whatever sure. that might be. But, uh, that was, that was really cool. And they, between Martin's character and Denzel's character, there was a couple of sparring matches yes. like, and not where they're fighting to the death. They were like mentally fighting. Did you realize yes. that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Which actually makes it even better because yeah, you can physically do it, but it's, it's that mental challenge that mental game, which is who's going to win. It's a chess match. Yeah. Yeah. And I like it that, uh, they're, they're trying to connect to like the superheroes. So that yep. whole leaving the bad guys tied up in the meat locker, that's very Spider-Man. Right. You could have it just is. left a note saying your friendly neighborhood Marine or whatever. <laughs> it's true. It's absolutely true. So without, uh, we'll eventually cover the second movie cause I do own it. So, um, why do you prefer the second to the first? The quips are better, right? There's hmm. quips in this first one and he's part of the Denzel character is he'll say things because he's educated and he's trying to say a lot of things in the fewest words possible. Mm-hmm. And that in the second movie 
if you watch it at the end and you listen for those, they come a lot more often and they're actually more potent, if that makes sense. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. So I'll just give you a quick one from the second movie. There's a part in the movie where he says, I'm going to kill each and every one of you. The only disappointment in me for uh, in it for me is I only get to do it once. (laughs) That's a great line. Right. Um, So those kind of things, there's a lot of them in the second movie. That's why I'm looking forward to the third, because normally when they kind of got that down, they don't let it go. Like that writer usually knows what they're doing. Not only that, but I think it's important that for all three movies and the, the it's the same for the third one, same director. It's all going to be Antoine Fuqua, which is good. Oh, that's good. So that way there, you don't have this, like the Batman series is hard to watch when it keeps changing. It is. It is. And actually the Marvel movies too, it happened like with Iron Man. You saw, you, you know, it wasn't the same. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, this whole hero behind the shadows, it's, there's just something about it that I absolutely love. And I don't know if it's, I love the underdog. I don't mm-hmm. know if it's, I like people who aren't the used car salesman. It can do things that other people don't even know they can do. I don't know if it's, it makes me feel better that there's people out there that can hold other people accountable. And it's not always got to be the police. I don't exactly. I think I like vigilante justice. Maybe that's what. Well, you must love unbreakable then with Bruce Willis. Love it. Love yeah. it. I didn't bother. I mean, we're going off a tangent here, but I, I didn't see the sequel. Did you like Glass? Uh, I did. I did not see it. Okay. It's like an unofficial sequel, kind of. Yeah. And, you know, the, I always start wondering about how do these people make money? Like, how's he give yeah. 9,800 bucks? Like, if it, right. if that's his life savings, then he can never do it again. Right. right. So it's like I, I start getting into the stupid. But I guess, you know, if you kind of stay away from the stupid and just imagine it's a movie, yeah. then uh, all is going to be well. I think way back when it was easier to kind of suspend this belief, but I think now with, you know, over a hundred years worth of movies, you almost have to <laughs> have to get everything right. You can't just live in fantasy world anymore. Yeah. So yeah. Well, just yeah. in case the director is listening, <laughs> I want to tell him about a miss, another miss. In the first one. Yes. Okay. You have Ralphie pulling the tire, wearing a foreigner shirt. And you don't play a foreigner? <laughs> yes, that was true. That's a That's great a major point. miss. It would have been perfect for like hot blooded. Or feels like the first time. Or something. <laughs> he's definitely, yeah, because he definitely wasn't a working out kind of guy. <laughs> You're totally right. This is why I have you on, Sonny, because of the music stuff. I I, I knew he's wearing because he didn't say, you know, he didn't look the type of guy that would be way into foreigners. So, so there had to be some connection there. Yeah, it was just a totally oddball because there's no rock involved in this thing at all. And there's not even a no. hint of, except for, you know, Alina wants to be a musical genius or whatever. There's really no right. hint of there's anything musical in this thing. No. I mean, she probably wouldn't be like a pop singer, like, you know, like electro electronic music or something like that. And obviously Denzel's into the like 60s soul, but yeah, <laughs> random foreigner shirt. <laughs> yep, I will tell absolutely. you though, in the dramatic scenes, the score was absolutely dead on. Yeah, Like the, whoever's putting that together, which, you know, we all know that they're all professionals doing this, man, it's got to be a pain in the ass to get the feel right. Um, and of course, you know, you got to kill them the right way. If you're in a home improvement store, I don't want to ruin the ending for anybody, but no, yeah. it's a great ending though. That yeah, is, it's I would it, would it, that's actually the way to do it. Cause you have so many tools that you could make into yeah. weapons. It's kind of like, did you ever see the movie? Nobody with Bob Odenkirk? I did. 
Yeah, I like this. Similar, yeah, it's it's got a, actually it's got a kind of an equalizer vibe to it as well. Um, and and the ending is is similar in that you know like the warehouse type of deal. Yeah, I I hope this movie franchise continues. I don't know how long Denzel can probably do it because he's in his late sixties. So well, look if uh, Harrison Ford can do another Indiana Jones movie in his eighties, you know he can probably keep it up. Yeah, that that's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah. And he could take more of a mentor role, too. But that's tricky because everyone wants to see him kick some ass. Yeah, and then they tried the mentoring thing in Rocky. Hey, that yeah. didn't work too good. Yeah, but uh, yeah, and and obviously uh, Sylvester Stallone's not going to be in Creed 3. I'm still going to see it, but I think they, they killed off Sylvester in that one. <laughs> <laughs> As always, Sonny, thank you so much, and I'll be talking to you real soon. All right, always a great time. If you are ever in the San Francisco Bay Area and still love collecting or renting DVDs or VHS tapes, come check out Captain Video and San Mateo at 2837 South El Camino Real. Captain Video is open six days a week and closed on Wednesday, and one of the last traditional video stores still running in the United States. New movies you can rent for $2.99 a day. Old movies you can rent for $2.99 for five days. And if renting isn't your thing, you can also purchase anything you find in the store. Be sure to tell Ira that you heard about Captain Video from the Damn Good Movie Memories podcast. Happy renting and happy collecting at Captain Video. Come hang out and chill with Brian A. Davis and the Bad Beat. Wednesdays, 11 p.m. Eastern, right here on ThatMetalStation.com.